Thank you for that, Brother D. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. It's good to see everyone. Hopefully everyone enjoyed their Thanksgiving. Amen. Um, just like Devin mentioned right now, um, you know, as we think about um, the things that we're thankful for, um, you know, our family went on a, a family bike ride. I think it was the first one where we were all uh, on the bike ride. And we, we got to this place uh, and then someone put to get, uh, a, to get together a, a tree that was a thankful tree. And it's here in Fullerton Loop. And it's really cool because they, they set a basket and in the basket they had little pieces of paper with strings attached and pens and like hand sanitizer. So you got to just you know take a few minutes to think about what you're thankful for, write it down and hang it on this thankful tree. I thought that was pretty cool. But as we were you know, thinking about like, uh, what I was thankful for, and I asked the kids and Julia what they're thankful for, um, all that, just like Devin uh, touched on, like the very breath we take, our heartbeat, our eyelashes, everything that, you know, it's all connected to our Father. Amen. Amen. And um, we're so grateful for just everything that um, He's uh, provided for us to protect us and to also enjoy. Um, thank you, Boba. And also to enjoy um, as, we, as we follow Him. So, yeah, we had a small uh, gathering this year. Normally, it's like 100 um, Middle Easterns running around in a house. Uh, the men in the garage and the woman uh, in one area. Um, but uh, this year, uh, it was just uh, my in-laws and, and my sister-in-law. And uh, we, were, we enjoyed ourselves. We had some good food. Uh, but uh, hopefully, you guys enjoyed your Thanksgiving, too. Um, so, uh, one quick announcement, uh, announcement, uh, women's fellowship will be, um, not this coming Tuesday, but the 8th. So just make a note of that, December 8th, um, the women will be gathering together in fellowship and, and Bible study. Um, for our tithes and offering, um, I'm sorry, can I have my phone? Uh, the scripture I want to share with you guys is in Matthew. Thank you. Matthew chapter 6, verse 1 through 4. Watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others, for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. When you give to someone in need, don't do as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. I tell you the truth, they have received all the reward they will ever get. But when you give, in, when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private, and your Father who sees everything will reward you. Um, I believe what God's asking here is for an intimate relationship with Him. And, you know, not to do what He's called us to do in being faithful and giving to Him what belongs to Him in public. Because when we do that, then the focus is on us and not in Him. So, 
I think it's a good reminder that um, the Lord is seeking for that intimate relationship and it's a private relationship uh, that we get to have with our Father. And it's, again, it's not, it's not about us. It's about just being faithful to Him and, and, and um, respectful of Him to, to do things in secret um, that He's called us to do. Amen? Amen. All right. How was that? Thank you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you for just everything that you have created. You are the creator of all creations, Lord. We thank you for just waking us up this morning for another day. We thank you for the breath in our lungs, Father God. We thank you for our heartbeat. Um, that we don't have to do anything for it, Lord. You just make it keep going, Father God. We thank you for just every, our eyes, our ears, our nose, our mouth, everything that you've created, Lord. And we thank you for the hedge of protection that, um, that you continue to provide, uh, the faithfulness, Lord, day in and day out, Father God, just providing for our families, putting food on the table, putting a roof over our head, putting clothes on, our, on, our, on your children, Lord. We, we're just so thankful and grateful for um, the Father you are. Uh, Lord, I just ask you to use this time, Father God, um, and just speak to us, Lord. Um, let your word, Father God, penetrate deep and help us um, identify things and, and transform things, Lord, so that we can be more in your image day by day, Father God, so that you may receive all the glory, Lord. Anoint my lips, Father God, as you speak through me, Lord, and just have your way with this time. We thank you in advance. We love you in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 So you, uh, hopefully everyone's been enjoying our series in Philippians. Last week, Mary brought the fire. Amen. Did you guys enjoy last week? The word, her word was you know, ministering to me through the week, and it's, it was a, it's been such a blessing. Just to touch on a couple, you know, couple of areas that she shared is... Um, um, you know, she mentioned, uh, Paul mentioned, repeating himself is not tedious, but does it to safeguard our faith, right? So uh, it was so good to hear that we as humans need to continue to be reminded because we, we, we tend to forget. And, it's, and just like, you know, the example she showed with some of these huge organizations, they continue to repeat their slogans or whatever it is. Um, and it's the same for, uh, for us. It's we've got to continue to hear the word of God so that we are, you know, we are protecting our faith, what we believe. Um, and then, and then uh, being aware of the evildoers that want to hurt us, right? Being aware of the people that we may at times surround ourselves with. We just have to be cautious and really look to see if there's any fruit in that in, in 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 their lives, right? Or is there death that they present, right? So we have to be very cautious. Again, he was reminding us, um, and then also uh, she talked about not to rely on our rely on our flesh on our in our confidence, right? Sorry about that. Um, thank you. Uh, yep, it's on. Um, 
that he is the wise man, right? We should always go to him for wisdom and not to rely on our own understanding or our emotions or our feelings about certain things. Um, When she shared that, um, I remember, I think I've shared with you guys all, like when I just came to, uh, or I was in the process of coming to know the Lord, I used to tell my good old friend Miguel, hey, I'm, I'm Armenian, man. You know, we're the first nation to declare Christianity, right? I feel, felt like that's exactly what he's saying here when he says, oh, it's from the tribe of, you know, Benjamin. Uh, so then, uh, as he came to know Christ, he counted all that as loss, right? So um, that, that, that brought so much peace for me. I hope you guys received the peace that, you know, God provided um, through that, like, you know, authority, you know, um, status, um, you know, being a part of a certain group, all that can, um, you know, take place of, 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 of just, you know, being a follower of Christ, um, and then Philippians uh, eight through chapter three, eight through eleven. Yes, everything is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For His sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I could gain Christ and become one with Him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with Himself depends on faith. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised Him from the dead. I want to suffer with Him, sharing in His death, so that one way or another I will experience the resurrection from the dead. And I just love here how He reminded me personally that our walk requires suffering. Um, and it's just, um, and it's a good suffering. It's good. For, it's a, it's a, it's for a good purpose. And, you know, uh, I, it just, we, at times we're sensitive. And when we feel that there's some type of suffering that's going on, we, we can find ourselves just, um, focusing on ourselves versus just trusting God that, you know, the suffering that, that we may be going through is for good, is to glorify him. And it's uh, part of His will. We just have to trust Him. So those are some of the highlights uh, that uh, one, I want to share from Mary's um, uh, message last week. Today, we are going to be, this is week eight, and we're going to be covering 
Uh, again, we're in chapter 3. We're going to be covering verses 12 through 21. So 12 through 21. Let me read uh, the passage and then we will get into it. Verse 12. I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Let us all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. If you disagree on some point, I believe God will make it plain to you. But we must hold on the progress we've already made. Dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine and learn from those who follow our example. For I have told you often before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes, that there are many whose conduct, whose, uh, conduct shows they are really enemies of the, of the cross of Christ. They are headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things, and they think only about this life here on earth. But we are citizens of heaven, where the Lord Jesus Christ lives, and we are eagerly waiting for Him to return as our Savior. He will take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like His own, using the same power with which He will bring everything under his control. Amen? So, this passage, Paul is talking about pressing towards the goal. So, he's teaching us, telling us that there's a goal and we must press towards it. And again, Paul's already saved here, right? He's, starting, he's already started his, his um, call for, uh, from Christ. And he's yet saying there's this race and there's a prize. And he's saying we've got to press towards it. Amen. Amen? So verse 12. I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection. But I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. What Paul is saying here is that he's not perfect, right? He's not perfect, or accomplish everything, and that there's more to know about Christ. Like, he's not perfect, but there's more for him to do for God. There's more for him to learn about who Christ is. Um, but some of us, some of us Christians, um, I, you know, I see and I feel that um, when we when we when we receive the invitation of our of salvation, we just kind of stop there, right? We receive the God, we receive the invitation from God, we accept Him in our hearts, and then we kind of just stop there. Uh, when here Paul is saying, "Hey, 
there's a race and we're still going. There's still things to do. There's still things God wants to, you know, do in us or through us. And um, unfortunately, you know, I, I, I mean, praise God for salvation. Amen. I mean, we make it to heaven. That's, 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 that's the most biggest decision. But there's more, as we see in Paul's life. There, he's, he's, he keeps, uh, you know, keeps going um, in this race. Um, and I think for those of us that have accepted Christ and don't, you know, don't see this next you know, this race that Paul's talking about, unfortunately, um, you know, they don't allow for that intimate relationship with God. So we've received salvation, but yet that's where we're going to stop. So by, by being in that place, we don't get to enter into that intimate relationship with God where, you know, we go to him for direction for wisdom right because he's just like any like us growing up as children right we always went to our fathers and our mothers for wisdom for uh permission right all these things it's the same thing with our father right it's yeah like it's it's we're born you know and we know who our parents who our parents are because that's who they you know they birthed us into this world but there's so much more to learn from them and to, uh, you know, it's just that relationship. Um, and um, so, again, there is, as we, I guess what I'm trying to say is as we uh, accept and enter into the race, um, God blesses us with an intimate relationship with him. Um, And a few things that we uh, can allow um, into our lives from having an intimate relationship is being lazy and chasing other desires other than Christ. So laziness and other desires. Paul is telling us that we must continue to seek, reading the Word, praying, um, being obedient to the Word, and possess the perfection of Jesus possesses owning it. And um, when you're owning it, like, you know, it, it requires effort. You got to keep going after it and you and 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 possess it. And I love how the scripture, um, when it says on onto possesses that perfection, perfection is we're talking about Christ here. Right. Perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. Um, I think we just have to you know, that, that desire to possess it, to hold on um, as, uh, as our in, intimate relationship with Christ. 1 Timothy uh, chapter 6, verse 12 says, Fight the good fight for the true faith. Hold tightly to the eternal life to which God has called you, which you have declared so well before many witnesses. What does the good fight look like in our lives? What is that? What is the good fight? And when I, when I ask my, myself that question, um, it's, it's, it's Jesus. 
exactly what he did for us, right? What did he do? He, he came down from his throne into this dark, sinful place, and he walked and got humiliated, beaten, and died on the cross and raised for us. That's the good fight, right? And that has suffering, that has all, you know, all the, all the things that we are, we're all aware of. Um, so in our life, we must encourage through, you know, love when it's not easy. You know, at times, loving people is not easy. And that's just a fact. And we, can, we need to continue to press on and love because that's what he's called us to do. That's what he did. And that's what he's called us to do. That's the good fight. Um, we must forgive when we don't want to forgive. We must forgive when we don't want to forgive. It's just what he's telling us to do. We have to. And we must allow for grace and mercy for one another when we think it's not deserving. But we struggle. It, it's, it's hard. But as we seek and as we trust Him and actually put it into action, we'll see God moving. We'll see God moving. Not only in our lives, but in the other people's lives. As we are obedient and allow, and allow God's righteousness to be active in our lives, we will see our lives and other lives transforming more in His image. So again, Paul here is encouraging us, right? He's encouraging us to get into the race, to press forward, and, um, and, uh, and keep fighting the good fight. Uh, verse 13 and 14. This is again, uh, we're moving forward. Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. So here again, Paul is reminding us that he has not achieved the goal, but is focused. Amen. But is focused. Right? So he hasn't, he hasn't uh, achieved this goal that he um, is showing us, but he's focused to continue to stay in the race, to keep going. Right? Even though it's hard. Even though it just looks like at times there's no light at the end of the tunnel. He keeps going. He just trusts God. Um, he is focused on this one thing and forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. We must stay focused on Christ to be... We must stay focused on Christ to be the men and women of God that we are called to be. To, to, to be the best husband and best wife and the best parents and the best friend, we must focus on Christ first. When we shift that, when we shift that, I think it doesn't work. 
So when we shift to putting our, our spouse first, putting our friends first, putting our children first, it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. There's order, right? God is a, a, is a man of order, and we must put him first. And then, um, you know, your spouse, your children, and then um, our loved ones. Um, also, when we focus on Christ, He allows us to forget the past and inspires and encourages and exercises us from what lies ahead of us. Excites us for what's ahead of us. I don't know if you guys have, uh, I'm sure uh, some of us here have experienced that. There's so much in my past that I'm so glad He erased in my history, in my past, that He's erased. And by, by His by His compassion and love for me and for us, now we get to look ahead and get excited of what He has for us in, in the coming days. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Um, he has helped me, just looking back, He has helped me replace feeling worthless at times to being worthy. From being ashamed of how I lived and the things I did to being unashamed because He's removed all that. He's removed all that. Um, with no purpose. You know, walking around in the streets, doing what we were doing. Absolutely no purpose. No value to this world. Nothing to showing me that He's always had a purpose for me. He always has had a purpose for us. From before we were in our mother's womb, He has a purpose for every single one of us. And um, from being hated to being loved. I know a lot of people hated me, for sure. Uh, but you know, and probably still do today, but to, just to know that, you know, we're loved by Him, um, that's all we need. Um, and then un, from unrighteous, being unrighteous, to being righteous, you know. Uh, man, there's so many wrong things that we did uh, every single day. To now today, through His righteousness, amen, He, he gets all the glory, uh, we get to make a difference um, by being righteous, right? And being good examples. We can't look back and consider our old ways that we've buried. You know, again, temptation's real. The enemy's real. And, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Like, we can't look back, like, some of the worldly music we used to listen to, you know, bring that back because... I don't know, but you know, I, I don't know where, where we were. Uh, I think we were at our house, and um, we had friends that bumped some old school, you know, just worldly music. I was like, I'm not feeling that anymore. You know, I don't want to feel that, but you can tell, like, your body's starting to dance to it, and you're getting in that, like, man, what, what's going on here? Um, but we can't look back. Those things we've buried, right? We've buried, and God's made all things new. When we got baptized, we died to ourselves, And He was raised in newness. 
It's Him that is now, you know, um, living through us. It's not old Gary, you know. Um, if and when we do, we will find ourselves outside of God's will. So if and when we, we consider these things in the past and we play with them and we test them again, um, we will definitely find ourselves outside of God's will. Luke chapter 9, verse 62. But Jesus told him, anyone who puts a hand to the plow and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. So what does that mean? So I have a couple of images I want to share with you guys. So the plow, as you guys know, is, you know, you plow snow, right? This truck that plows snow. Or um, uh, uh, farmers also plow the dirt so they can, you know, put the seeds in. So um, we're moving too fast. Go back to the first one. So, so what came to mind when I was preparing? The plow today in this age is cell phone. This is a cell phone. This guy, is this guy sometimes is like me, both hands, coffee and phone. I don't know what it is, but I need prayer, guys, uh, because uh, seriously, I'm not kidding. I need prayer because, um, you know, last time I shared, I talked about my challenge with phone and, and, and just being, you know, checking my emails and all this crazy and social media. And this is the plow of today's age. How can we focus on the race or focus in the life when we're doing this? How? We can kill, take life that belongs to God by not being focused. We can't focus like this, right? To focus, we have to get rid of all distractions. All distractions. And this really scares me. This really scares me. Because the enemy is going to use this to, you know... To kill, steal, destroy families and lives, and it, it's it's serious. And when we and there's so many distractions, I was just thinking, what examples? There's a billion examples of how we're distracted. Um, Sometimes, one, one distraction um, can be when we are overextending ourselves because that could be distracting us from hearing and being directed by God when we overextend ourselves. Um, we will find ourselves in accidents like the last image. You know, when it's too heavy. Uh, go one more. When it's too heavy... Uh, what happens here, it just tips over. Look at that load. It's like falling from everywhere. So, felt God telling me that for some of us that overextend ourselves. Um, you know, we, we can find ourselves in an accident like this. And that's me. I'm overcommitting. I'm overextending here, you know. And I feel like God's telling us we just need to slow down. Slow down. Don't make quick decisions. Don't try to please him and be there and, and be here with her. Just slow down. Really focus 
and allow us to hear from God before we're making these big decisions. And this is a big decision. When I'm driving, my phone's going off and emails and calls. There's a decision to be made there. And, and what the Spirit's telling me, don't you, don't you dare do it. But I continue. Continue to do this. We have to stay focused. We can't, we can't look backwards. Like He's already telling us, hey, focus. Keep your eye on the road. That's a car you're driving. It's a heavy, fast vehicle. And it takes one second. We know that. We've been in accidents. One second. But yet, like, drove me nuts. We're, we went, you know, riding the bike, uh, mountain biking at the loop again. And it was sad. There's one area where um, a teenager or young adult, maybe, got killed from a car hitting the bike. And they had a white bike painted on the fence at the, you know, at the location where this accident happened. And it, it, it just killed me. I was like, That's, that could be me one day killing someone. And then, same, same ride, a few minutes later, my kids are with me that time, both of them. We're crossing the street. It's, a, it's a, you know, where an area where that's, you know, you, you, that's where you're supposed to cross. Cross, and I kid you not, I go, Noah goes, and then um, Carmelo was also with us. Carmelo, uh, I think he stayed back for Nairi, and Nairi waited because she saw this car coming in. I saw the car too, but it was far. But the car was going fast, and I'm waiting, like I'm looking at Nairi, like making sure she's not coming, and at the car, the car, like it was obvious. There's bikers crossing. You would slow down if you're focused. Right? But the car wasn't slowing down. And then I got angry. All of a sudden, I just got angry and I start shouting at the car. And then finally, this other biker, uh, you know, crossed. And finally, she saw the biker cross, made her slow down, and then allowed, and I was just shouting. And the guy was shouting too. And, and as soon as uh, Naya and Carmelo passed, this girl drives off laughing. I was so angry. I wish I had something to throw. <laughs> I was so angry. But again, um, it's so important, I think, to stay focused. And there's so many distractions that the enemy's using, um, you know, just to hurt us and to hurt other people. Our brothers and sisters, we just have to be careful. Um, but our walk requires us to be focused. And, you know, we're in this race, and, and it requires us to be focused. So Paul is telling us that in verse uh, 13, 14, um, Paul is telling us that he is reaching to the end of the race and receive, uh, and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. What race is he talking about? So we keep saying race. What, what, what does that look like? What is the race? He's saved, but he's in a race. What race is he talking about? 2 Timothy chapter uh, 4, verse 7 and 8. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race, 
and I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. I believe the race that Paul is referring to is a race of um, faithfulness of following Christ. That's what I received. Um, so, you know, it's a race, and we're going to have decisions um, that we have to make daily. How many of you guys make decisions daily? All of us, amen? So, I, I believe the race is just being faithful of following Christ. He also identifies that the prize, there's a prize, um, is the crown of righteousness, which is not only for him, but all of us who eagerly look forward to seeing Christ. So what prizes is Paul talking about? Can we earn prizes in heaven? Are there more prizes than simply accepting our salvation and entering into eternity with Him? Apparently there is. There's 25 verses in the Bible about heavenly rewards. 25. I'll share a couple. This is New King James Version, Revelation 22.12. Again, Revelation 22.12. It says, And behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me, to give to everyone according to his work. That's pretty clear, right? So he has a reward for all of us. According to our to our works in this race Matthew 16:27 For the son of man will come in the glory of his father with his angels and then he will reward each according to his works So this continues to lead me to believe there's more than our, just our accepting our salvation. There's more. Yeah. We're storing riches in heaven he, where he's, he's gone to pl uh, build a place for us. There's things that we can actually store and enjoy in heaven. Just like the stuff he gives us and you know we get to enjoy here on earth. Same thing in heaven. It's not just, okay, we made it to heaven. Now we just float around and praise. No, it it, it shows, it, for me, it's leading me to believe that just like he created the earth, right? The things to enjoy. I feel like heaven here continues to give me a better view of what heaven's going to be like. And he's going to bless us according to our works. So during this race, we have to make decisions and trust him. And, um, and he's going to bless us according to um, our works. And then lastly, Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 and 20. Uh, Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. 
Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Again, just confirming that there's rewards, you know, and we should, we, we should be looking forward to storing them in heaven, not here. So moving on, verse 15 and 16. Let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. If you disagree on some point, I believe God will make a plain to you. But we must hold on to the progress we have already made. Paul is saying there are mature believers that will agree, and some of us will disagree with the wisdom he's sharing. To be encouraging, to stay focused on Christ and that we are in the race with a prize that awaits us. Good news is even for those who disagree. God is faithful and will make it plain to us in our efforts in seeking the truth. So even some, you know, for some of us that are just, can be you know, spiritually not as mature, God is still, just the way He is, who He is, He will make a plain for us that don't see it the way that others see it. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6. Yet when I am among mature believers, I do speak words of wisdom, but not the kind of wisdom that belongs to this world or to the rulers of this world, who are soon forgotten. Uh, this scripture is telling us that the mature believers agree in the wisdom that is available from God and not of this world or the rulers of this world. Godly wisdom does not come from our feelings, our understandings, pride, ego, and flesh. It just doesn't come from it. It only is available through the Spirit of Christ, through the, through the Holy Spirit. And if our actions are leading us opposite of what God is asking us to do, then, to do, then it's important to check ourselves and shift our eyes and heart back to the Word of God. And in the process, as we receive our Father's wisdom, we must hold on to it and allow for God to capitalize with it instead of us allowing it to be lost again. So just like it says um, in verse um, 16, but we must hold on to the progress we have already made. So even if we don't understand at certain times what God is telling us, right, we have to hold on to what He's already made plain to us that we've received because that's only going to uh, help us uh, with progress in this race, right? We can't lose it. We've got to hold on to it. And the rest of it He will make plain. He will, he will allow us to understand what it is He was trying to share with us. Um, I'll give you an example. Um, uh, Le Leviticus uh, chapter 19, uh, verse 18. You guys ready for this one? It's weird, but I wrote down like, we should all get this tattooed, this, this scripture. <laughs> Forgive me, Lord. Uh, verse 18, you shall not take vengeance, um, nor bear any grudge, 
against the children of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Um, we can experience God's love for us and we can continue to exercise the word of God. We just need to be willing to trust and obey His wisdom. So, again, this, in, this, in this scripture, it, it's pretty plain. It's telling us um, not to take vengeance, revenge, right? Punishment. Or bear a grudge, which is hate, against each other, against the children of God. Um, and if we are able to exercise that, and it's not easy, but if we are able to exercise that, we will um, be able to be a blessing and be blessed at the same time. So we have to, again, just exercise to trust Him in, in what He's telling us. Um, if you're in a season that you do not feel or hear God, we might want to ask ourselves if we are putting God's Word into action, just like the Scripture. It's one thing knowing the Word of God um, and hearing it, but it's a different thing to actually apply it, right? When God tells us not to have revenge and not to hold a grudge, right? That's, that's okay, we know that, right? But now, there's going to be an opportunity in this race that we have to exercise it, right? Someone says something wrong to you, hurts your feelings. You know, we're very sensitive people, right? Be honest, guys. So, right? And as we, as we get offended or as we feel like, you know, we, we um, uh, got backstabbed or whatever it is, it's saying do not have revenge. Don't, don't look for that. Don't hate them. Right? So if we actually exercise that, we, we get to see the transformation in us being formed in His image. Right? Um, I think we all have encountered God's will when we are obedient to Him and got to feel and hear Him. So I think... I definitely have an encounter. I know, I, know, I know all of us have. When we're obedient to the word, even though we don't want to, even though we think it's not the, you know, it's just not the, it's not the word of God, but when we are obedient to what he's asking us, we find ourselves on, on, in, the, in the right race. Amen? In, in his will, right? We see transformation taking place in that person's life that, you, you're having to forgive, right? Or you're having to um, uh, love when you, f when you feel like you, should, you, know, you don't want to love them. You're seeing transformation of, of what God's doing in their lives by our actions through the Word of God, right? Anyone has witnessed that, encountered that? Anyone? Amen? Mary, Steve, all right. No, we all have, I know, I know. It's, uh, it's challenged, but it's so good. It's, it's good suffering. It's good suffering because we get to see um, God move. 
All right, moving forward, uh, verse 17 and 19. Dear brothers and sisters, and sisters, can't speak right now. Dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine and learn from those who follow our example. For I have told you often before, and I say it again, with tears in my eyes, that there are many whose conduct shows they are really enemies of the cross of Christ. They are headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things, and they think only about this life here on earth. So this, in this passage, um, Paul, I believe, is inviting... Um, the Philippi's, the people, into discipleship. Verse 17. Dear brothers and sisters, pattern, copy, imitate your lives after mine and learn from those who follow our example. Right? So imitate me. Copy me. Whatever, you know, however I'm living, live. And, uh, and also pay attention to those who follow our example, right? Pay attention. I believe Paul is showing us that there are men and women that are called to disciple and lead God's children. And to make it clear, the Great Commission, right? Uh, Matthew chapter 28, verse 16 to 20 is the Great Commission. Then the eleven disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some of them doubted. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples for all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of age. There is an order that is appointed by God that involves submitting to man and woman that are called to be spiritual leaders for us. But if we're honest, we struggle with submitting to that order. We'll submit to God but we struggle to submit to the man that God's called to spiritually lead us. For example, like Paul. Right? We find it easier to, to surrender, to submit to God, than to one another. Um, you know, a few things that we can highlight that... Um, that gets in the way 
is pride. Just simply submitting to another human being. Right? Trust is another one. Trusting that God has called men and women to disciple and lead us. The Great Commission is pretty clear. He said, go make disciples and teach them. Three is lack of knowledge. At times we, you know, we use one scripture to justify our disobedience in our discipleship relationship when instead we should be patient, endure, trust God, continue to seek the entire word of God. The enemy uses, God bless you, the enemy uses scripture for confusion. But we have to be patient. Be patient by just waiting to see what, how, what, is this the man or woman that God's called to spiritually lead me? God's faithful. He's not going to leave us. So if we do, and, and He's given us wisdom to look at the man and woman that He's called to lead us. Look at their lives. Is it fruitful? You'll see. We will see. God will give us the eyes to see. Is it a fruitful life to trust my life to be led by this person? You've got to look at those things, right? Um, arrogance can get in the way. Like we know it all. I don't need, I don't need help. Now, arrogance uh, was something that I challenged with when God was calling me through my friend. It's like, I know God. I'm a Christian. My family's Christian. It was very arrogant of me. But the truth was, I had no clue <laughs> who my father was. I had no clue. Another one is selfishness. We are, thinking, we are thinking of how much it's going to cost me and my family to be disciple, right? Oh, I'm going to have to give up a few hours here, a few hours there. I got a busy schedule. I can't do this, right? And lastly is the, the unwillingness to be open and transparent. This is, I think, the biggest one. And I struggled with this, and I prayed, and God gave me the strength to open up. As, you know, our pastor was, is discipling me, and early in my salvation, God was, I felt the Spirit encouraging me. That's, that's disciple. Like, open. Like, show all your cards. Show that you're struggling with some very embarrassing things. Show things that are shameful. Show things that is happening in your household. Show those things. Um, and I promise you guys, when we trust God with being open and transparent um, with our disciples, it, it, it makes the difference. It makes the difference. Talk about the heart, the real hard things deep inside. You know, not just to hang out and just read the word of God and, you know, say hallelujah and, and go back to your family. Like really struggle and wrestle 
with 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 these um, with these things that we we go through. Okay, so we know that our enemy is really good and crafty at what he does. His goal is to steal, kill, and destroy, um, and. And sometimes the enemy allows us to feel and even look like that we're being obedient to the Word of God only to lead us to destruction. If we're not experiencing suffering in our walk, then we should be cautious and look deeper to face our real struggles. And that's good suffering, again, that good suffering that allows us to get closer to Christ. <clears throat> when we look at Paul and his life, um, you know, it's a man who trusted and focused on Christ. And um, we see how God used him to save and bring generations to the kingdom of God. Amen? You see how many people... Um, came to salvation through his focus um, and trust in Christ. Discipleship is not easy. It's, I don't think it's designed to be easy. If it was easy, I think everyone would do it. Um, early in my salvation, I was being discipled. And it was tough. It was tough to submit to another man, to our pastor. It was just tough. He would keep saying, tithe. I'm like, nope. That's not, God. That's not from God. Nope. That's because you want it. And, uh, and because of what my mom's taught me in the past, right? But as as our faithful father continued to teach me and show me, this man is not talking about anything of his wisdom. It's what God's asking you know, us to do. Um, but it was challenging. It was very challenging to submit. Just as a man, I think we all struggle with pride and just to be able to say, okay, I'm going to follow your lead uh, uh, to get me closer to Christ to be a, you know, a better husband, a better pa a father, and a better friend. I'm trusting all that in you. Um, but yet at times you see their struggles, and that's what questions, am I doing the right thing? And, and, and that's just the enemy. Because the truth is, we are human. We are not perfect. Uh, there's only one perfect one, right? And we're all following him. As our disciple, discipler follows him, we're following our discipler, and, um, and um, we're, we're learning a lot. We're learning a lot, and we're developing and transforming more in, in our uh, Father's image. Number two was wrestling with the Word of God with him. As you guys know, our pastor loves to wrestle. You know, he loves to wrestle, and I hated that word when he, when he introduced that to me. Like, hey, man, I just want to love you and really be good, you know, uh, friends, and, 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 you know, I don't want to wrestle. 
and he kept saying, wrestle, we're going to wrestle. I'm like, bro, I'm tired, and you'll beat me up. I don't want to wrestle. But I think, seriously, if there was, it's funny, I, I just thought came in when I was writing this. Uh, he could very well be like the champion of wrestling uh, of, in the Word of God, in discipling. Like, really be. Like, the guy doesn't lose energy. He can go for years and years, years. And, you know, it's frustrating because, you know, every time I make a bet, I lose. Every time, you know, I'm wrestling, and I have my own understanding. He uses the word of God, and I, I just kept getting beat up, beat up, beat up. I'm like, I'm over it. I'm over it. I, I'm, I'm tired. But he keeps going. Um, I remember I felt and thought a million reasons to quit, but the word of God and our pastor's actions in life allowed me to trust God to continue the journey, the race. Through this process, I find that I've gained more trust in God. When I doubted, just like the disciples doubted, right? When I doubted, but was willing to trust God to protect me in this journey, I was able to find more trust in God. Like, thank you, God, for at times when I was unsure, when I thought I was going to, when I was going in the wrong direction by following, you showed up and you, sh and, and you confirmed that I'm in the right race. And, and, and that's who our Father is. He's faithful. If, if it's not the right person, guess what? He's going to say, there's a, there's a door on the right. You're going to take that door. That's who he is. He's protecting. He's going, he's go, he goes before us. Every step he goes before us. So knowing that, we have to trust and follow the men and women that God puts in your life um, to spiritually lead you and lead me. But it's not easy. And there's suffering there. Um, but as we trust God, God will confirm um, that we're on the we're in the right race. We're in the right path. Amen. Amen. Um, in closing, last couple of scriptures. Isaiah, if you wanna, you guys wanna come up. Um, last two scriptures, verse twenty and twenty-one. Paul says, "But we are citizens of heaven, where the Lord Jesus Christ lives, and we are." eagerly waiting for Him to return as our Savior. He will take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like His own, using the same power with which He will bring everything under His control. So in, the, in verse 18, 19, right, Paul was um, talking about the unbelievers and you know, we have to keep uh, leaders and pastors and disciples in prayer. Because in that verse, he says, in tears, he's hurting. Because he sees our brothers and sisters that don't know Christ head to this destruction. He sees it and he's crying for them. When I'm reading that, I'm seeing Christ. 
That's Jesus. That's how he feels about his children. So please keep pastors, leaders, disciples in prayer because it's heavy. It's heavy for them. Because when Christ is, as Christ felt, felt it, they're feeling it. They're feeling it. But, he says, we here, believers, are citizens of heaven. Where the Lord Christ lives. Jesus is in heaven. Amen? He's in heaven. And we are eagerly waiting for Him to return as our Savior. Oh, I've been eager since I met Him. And since I learned more about our struggles, I'm like, come back. Come back, please. This is too hard. I'm not built for this. Please come back. But that also reminds me how impatient we are. Because we're only focused on ourselves. When God is saying, what about your cousin? What about your coworker next to you? What about your aunts and uncles? I pray for patience for all of us. We need to be patient to be able to endure this race. We need patience to allow us to be focused on God's will because it's so easy for us just to be self-centered and look at the suffering or the discomfort that we might be feeling or going through. Um, so we're all waiting eagerly for His return. He's going to come back for us. And then He will take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like His own using the same power which He will bring everything under His control. That same power that has healed us. That same power that has restored our marriages. That same power that has restored relationships. The same power that brought them out from the, the grave. So as Paul has showed us here, there's some of us that have not accepted God's invitation into heaven. And as he, as he highlighted, we see our brothers and sisters be heading into destruction. Um, for anyone that's here, you know, and also re reminds us that, but there are, there are some of us here that are citizens of heaven, that we're going to get a new body, um, and we're going to enter into heaven. So for anyone, if we could just stand, stand and just bow your heads. There is anyone here. Please bow your heads, close your eyes. This is 
And anyone that's watching online, if you are experiencing just destruction, or if you feel like your appetite is full of this world, We have an invitation that God paid a, a big price for. Um, and He would love for us to be citizens of heaven. If that's you um, in this place, uh, you can raise your hand and accept the invitation and become a citizen of heaven and avoid destruction and avoid just being self-centered. There is someone, his name is Jesus, and he's created you for a purpose. And he died on the cross. He came down from heaven. He was humiliated, beaten, and he had a long race which he was successful at, to the cross, where he died and paid the price for our sins. And he was then resurrected with the almighty power from death and went back to heaven and has left us with our helper, which is the Holy Spirit. If you don't feel like you're being guided, if you haven't accepted Him, if you feel like you need guidance, because daily we are making decisions. And if we rely on ourselves, you just look at your life, and if you haven't accepted Him, you will find that it's never worked out. I look back at all the decisions that I've made without the Lord, and it only led me to destruction. There was no value. There is no worth in any of those but God has a purpose he says you are worthy you could be righteous through him you just have to accept him in your heart as your Lord and Savior now we're gonna have communion the communion will go around um, the altars are open anyone needs any prayer in any area, I'm willing to pray and um, we'll have other praying um, ministry leaders that will pray for you. Um, 